So the game we're talking about today is Curse 2 Golf, which features a guy who really likes golf, like favorite thing in the world, and yet is cursed to golf forever. It's sort of one of those like, oh, you know, you're going to eat all the donuts because you love donuts until you get sick uh-huh. situation. Yeah. So I wanted to know, what do you think y'all would be cursed by? Oh. Because for oh. me, it's cereal. I think I would just have way too much cereal. That's interesting. Um... <laughs> Everybody's like rushing to think of something they enjoy. Well, it's cereal's tough. mine, right? So like that, that yeah, it's, yeah. Tu- it's tough because Russ did take... Do you Mine. think you and I would be cursed the cereal together? Oh, that would that would be my hell. You know, it's like <laughs> I, for eternity, I've got all the cereal I want. But that sounds like actually more like purgatory now that I say it. What are those brown? They they look like squared off donuts. That cereal, they're like oat, some nonsense. That would be my Cracklin true O'Brien? cereal hell. What? Cracklin oat bran is that? Yeah, that's probably. Called? Ugh. Ugh, it is a that's a cereal, cereal hell right there. Curse to cereal. Cursed I think it would probably be like watching like foreign films. Mm. You know, well, not for I'm mean, not foreign films, just art house movies where it's like, oh, you know, what? it's really fun watching Paris, Texas, but like afterwards, you don't want to do it again. Or or maybe they're all like very poorly dubbed. Oh, that would be mm. like the kind of the monkey paw twist, right? That yep. I get to watch anime for as long as I want, but it's all like terrible, really dubs. bad all dubs. <laughs> I can't stand it when it's a dub. Really? I like it. There way, are good dubs. There's no, I have to have, I don't like this intro. <laughs> I don't like who it's made us. <laughs> Griffin, what brings you joy so we can twist it into something horrible? You guys are describing doing a thing you like forever. That's heaven. We have a name for it, okay? He's not cursed to golf. He's having a great time golfing <laughs> with all of his friends. And when he's done golfing, he golfs some more. It's amazing. <laughs> The whole the whole thing is a is a failed state. It's a fa- flawed premise, and I think they should be forced to give refunds in the Steam, Steam store. <laughs> Ble- blessed to golf. Blessed, blessed to golf. Blessed to golf. Thank you. My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Griffin McElroy, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Russ Frustick, and I know the best game of the week. Hello, welcome to the Besties, where we talk about the latest and greatest in home interactive entertainment. This week, uh, a a lovely new little game uh, called Cursed to Golf. A great title, but Chris Plant, what is that title describing? Cursed to Golf is a golf roguelike where you golf across 18 dungeons that are very large. They're not like normal golf courses, and the way that you get to the end is by hitting little totems that give you extra hits, and there are special cards, and we'll talk about it all after the break. Stay tuned for that, and so much more. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want. Get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions 
monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties. Rocketmoney.com slash besties. I was playing this game. I'm not going to have as much talk. I was playing this game, and the main thought that I kept having while I was playing it was like, man, I bet those other besties really, really are going wild for this one. It's like a golf spelunky where you get to watch a little turd die over and over again. I know that makes you that just drives you all wild with delight. Is watching some little guy pie get his get his just desserts <laughs> ad infinitum like like a uh, 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 Splunky and then the what's the one you like with Binding the of Isaac fetus yeah Binding of Isaac and uh, those games like that is very much in the spirit but but then our most boring sport is layered on top of it I bet you guys are just going <laughs> hog wild for this one yeah this is very much scratching an itch for me that I think. Maybe Didn't know not existed. everyone. It's like you had a third foot that got an itch <laughs> on it. You're like, whoa, that is nice. <laughs> Surprise foot. Yeah, it's uh, it is a wild combination of those roguelike and golf in a way that I was not expecting them to go as hard as they do. Like this is a very difficult game in the spirit of very difficult roguelikes like Spelunky and and uh, stuff like that. And I was not expecting them to come out of the gate so intensely with such high difficulty. Uh, and they did. They went for it. They go for it uh, hard in this game. So to describe a little bit more of how it works, it's a 2D golf game, which you can only see like a little bit around you. You cannot see like the full course at all times. And you basically need to navigate to a hole that is very, very, very far away. Um, and the way you do that is by obviously hitting the ball. You have three clubs, wedge, iron, and driver. And then you also have uh, cards that give you special powers. So, like, the ball can do a U-turn midair, or you can turn it into a rocket and drive it different places, or you can just get extra hits by by using a card. Uh, and and that that's the, the core game. But then there are also alternate paths to the hole, and some of them are much harder or more difficult than others. And... If you choose to go after them, you'll be rewarded if you pull the shot off, but you'll be extremely punished if you miss the shot. Because, you, again, very limited on the number of shots that you have at any time. Uh, yeah, it, there is very little room for error. It is, It is. Uh, uh, I think we've talked about sort of Super Stickman Golf, a game that we have been obsessed with in its many variations. What is it now? Golf Blitz? Is that what Noodle, yeah, I think Noodle that's Cake the went on to one. make? Um, which is to say it's like a 2D golf game, which inherently doesn't have like a lot of, when you remove one of the 
dimensions from golf, it reduces the complexity of the sport dramatically, I would say. Uh, but this game, you know, gets around it in the same way that those those um, noodle cake games do, where you have these cards that give you different sort of shots and different abilities. There's like a card that stops your ball in midair and makes it just drop right right where it is. And then there's a U-turn card that lets you switch sort of the direction of your ball. And there's uh, there's all kinds of of these like special abilities that you kind of have to use yeah. in order to get through the courses because the courses are, each hole is like enormous. It is not uh, traditional in by any stretch of the imagination. We're talking about like 10 to 20 shots to get through each, each hole, I would say on average. I, I was viewing them more, I think, as like a um, uh, power-up, you know, that you would see in these traditional games when you just need a little boost. But it's really more of a, like, problem-solving, puzzle-solving type thing where, like, to give you an example, there'll be a shortcut, but the shortcut is blocked by TNT. So you can use one of your cards to blow up the TNT because there's, like, a TNT dynamite uh, uh, exploding card. They also explode when you hit them, but you can save yourself a shot that way, right? So you can blow that up, and then, but your arc of your shot isn't going to be exactly right to get down through that shortcut, so you have to use, uh, I don't know, something that stops time and then makes your ball just like fall down the hole to get to the shortcut. So you're like planning these routes and then using the cards to like use your sneaky little route that you wanted to 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 use. Yeah, it's Griffin, it's funny that you mentioned, you know, by removing the dimension, there's less complexity to it. I actually might feel differently because the if you think about like Hot Shots Golf, for example, 3D golf game been around forever when I play that game, it's like a meditative, like zone out kind of game, because effectively every hole is going to play out pretty similarly. You're, you know, driver to fairway to wedge to whatever to putting. And, you know, in this game, you can't do that because it's a game of effectively about angles and making sure that you have the right, like, you know, angle to make the next shot. It's almost like pool in that way. So there's like a lot, it feels like there's a lot more planning in this game than there would be in like a 3D traditional golf game. Yeah, I I, I understand that. It's uh, it, it's so bizarre the way that this game does golf that it uh, it weirdly is, it does not scratch that itch that you described, Justin. Like I love a golfing RPG, but the way that you maneuver through these, through these holes each hole is like a maze with different routes that you can take through uh and you know some of them have these like statuettes that you have to smash in order to get additional shots added to your shot counter because if that ever runs out you die and your run is over uh and so it's like okay do i go through this uh you know more straightforward path that has a silver idol that's going to give me two extra shots or do I burn some of my cards to go through this harder path that I might not even be able to get through, but then I get four extra shots added to my total? Um, and those considerations are, uh, I think, give the game the complexity that it needs, but it also, like, it, it I don't know. I found myself at times just kind of wanting to play golf. <laughs> there are a lot of games that do that. <laughs> yeah. No, it is. There's there's weird stuff with like uh, the camera is so tight that you can't really see uh, where your shot is going to go typically, which is like another layer of difficulty that feels artificial because mm. this is a two-dimensional game. So like you would be able to see 
<laughs> like the, it's very arbitrary that you can't see further further than you can. You can like pan around, but you can't do that in combination with your like shot arc. Um, yeah, I found myself like trying to abuse the system a little bit by, okay, if the arrow, like I was trying to like use the edges of the screen to like almost make invisible markers for myself to try to figure out where the ball is going to go after I hit it. And that does feel forced in a way that it just kind of shouldn't. I, I I realize why it's there. It's probably a design decision to make the game a little more challenging, Yeah, but it feels just a little forced on that front. Um, I do like tonally, you know, most golf games lack any tone at all. Um, this game goes for like a cartoony, you know, representation of purgatory where there's these like bosses that you face and they've got like boss fights where you do like a match, uh, like a stroke play against or a match play against them. Those are fun, by the way. It's not there. I like those where you're like competing against another person. It, it, It lets you balance between like distance and using your cards because you're not only burning through shots you're also trying to keep ahead of the other the other uh, player yeah those are some of the hardest parts of the game later on just because you're you there's so little room for error and you're trying to like stay ahead of this other uh person but i just like the fact that like they're all you know the first guy you face is like a scottish um i forget his name but he's the scotsman Scotsman, right there you go (laughs) So uh, close. So close. And it's just like a very goofy representation of like a variety of ghosts that you might face in a golf themed purgatory. Uh, and each area, I think there's four areas in total, has their own like little boss fight character to introduce you to. They also mix up the gameplay a bit because each of the areas, even though it's one 18 hole course, it's kind of split up so that there are themes. So the first theme is kind of like a temple jungle theme. And then you kind of go into like more like Sahara desert dunes kind of theme. So they definitely mix up uh, what you're facing. Yeah, it is. It is. I I think it is a very, very cool idea. And I think that when you think of a golf, I I think a golf roguelike in, in this style is a hard thing to kind of figure out. And so a lot of these mechanics, like uh, you know the cards and the shot counter and the uh, not being able to see everything all of the time, uh, all kind of goes hand in hand to build out the the, the challenge of it. Because I think you mm-hmm. could remove some of those things and the game would be like dead simple. Yeah. Um, so I understand that stuff, but I also um, I don't I don't know. It didn't really I- it didn't really click for me in the way that I was hoping it would. For me, it has the the very classic roguelike fun graph, which is like uh, in most games that are not roguelikes, they start out uh, as fun as possible, as early as possible, but then they, they drop off. And after like 10 or 12 hours, like, well, I'm seeing what I'm here to see. I'm just getting the same feeling over and over again. What I like about roguelikes, but what makes them very difficult is that I feel like they're the least amount of fun at the beginning and for like yeah. hours as you figure out what the game is and you figure out if it's fair and you figure out what type of strategy you want to use for it and then deep deep into the game you're suddenly playing for you know like dozens hundreds of hours sometimes in the case of Frustics, you know binding of isaac and i think that this game has that i'm not i'm not far enough to say for certain that it will get to be that rewarding but the more i play the more i do like it 
it could be a little more rewarding from the beginning. I mean, I I, I really like uh, Hades was fun the first time I played it, and this is, has nothing to do with Hades, but like it is the same yeah, structure. I, so like I I just wanted it to be a little bit more fun early. I mean, like I made I played for four hours before I got like in four hole like four holes deep. Like I I was like it was brutal. Like I just made it to the first boss like. Right before we started recording, I beat him. <laughs> Thanks, uh, but like I, I, I just wish it would give you a little bit more, uh, like a little bit easier ramp up, a little bit slower, so you could kind of feel like you're getting the hang of it. Because there's a lot of stuff that I had to like not holding on to cards and uh, the importance of using spin, which you basically need to use on like every shot to kind of get it where you need to, so you don't end up in a bad uh, position. I wish that it had just like ramp that up a little bit slower because there's also no sort of like permanent upgrade. There's very few, I will say, permanent like upgrades like you'd see in, in a lot of uh, modern roguelikes. So it made it like really demoralizing to finish and then like just not have, you know, not feel like I learned much and not have very much progress to show for it. And um, I, I was struggling with that for sure. Yeah, it's definitely tough um and i i understand especially for people that like aren't into the more traditional roguelike structure of a game like my name isaac where you aren't unlocking advantages as you play uh, as you do in a game like hades um and i can definitely see why people kind of get turned off by that for me the roguelike thing has always been about like i'm gonna learn these systems and because I'm going to know the system so well, every decision that I'm making early on will then pay off later on where I'll have this huge advantage build up because I know everything that's going on and I'm spending the cards in the right way such that like I got to hole nine or so and I had like 50 cards built up wow. in my collection because nice. I just knew when to use them versus when not to use them and was just doing very well. It's extremely tough to balance a game like this because you're trying to balance for like me who gets really hardcore into it and then someone else who's like, oh, I'm just going to play like a casual golf game where every single shot that you're doing early on, if you screw it up, will punish you in some way later on because you don't have that card available or that resource. So it can be very daunting for people. So I totally understand why people might bounce off of, off of it. Russ, but, I, I feel like you've been pushed into a position on this episode where you're like, defending against our individual points. And I'd love to hear just like your, as somebody who I feel like this is probably closest to your individual wheelhouse. Like how is it, how is it clicking for you? Yeah. I mean, uh, it's interesting because you're the points that you bring up, uh, especially about the, like not feeling like I'm getting it. Um, don't necessarily apply to me just because I was, that is the nicest was... way anybody has ever said <laughs> I'm better at video games than you. I mean, truly, I truly, truly. I, feel like I am really great. But it's like a classy I wasn't third hitting, grade. Very elegant. <laughs> mm -hmm. I wasn't hitting that wall that you were hitting um, such that I was feeling like I was constantly making progress where I'd get like two or three holes further than I had on the previous run. Um, I agree with Griffin's point or whoever said it about the about the viewing angle stuff. It does. It is frustrating to like not have full clear visibility into where exactly the ball is going to go. But I think mechanically overall, like I find it very satisfying. Like I'll be in a situation where I know I can spend one card 
maybe it's like the practice shot card where I'm going for like a, a statue to like increase my stroke total. I can spend one card and get this huge advantage if I play the hole right or if I play the, the shot exactly right that I wouldn't have normally. And that huge advantage kind of paces me ahead of where the game thinks I might be at that time so that maybe the next hole is a lot easier or I get a bunch of currency that I can buy even more cards. I find it very satisfying. I There are elements of the golf, like mechanically, that I think could be sharper, but I think the minute-to-minute like decision-making feels very true to the roguelike formula in a way that like it's kind of incredible that they managed to merge those two with golf. Um, it's, it's, it, it is a bizarre, very creative attempt at it that might maybe gets a little more creative than it needs to be. But overall, I really dig it. I feel like they, 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 I, I, it's interesting. I feel like a lot of our complaints here are not necessarily like would not necessarily surprise the makers of this game. I feel like there are a lot of decisions in this game that feel like it was made to be loved deeply and not widely necessarily. Like yeah. there's a lot of stuff they could have done to make this more accessible, but um, like the people that it did hook, I don't think it would hook them as, as deep as this. I, I suspect will for, for a lot of people. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, we have a full mailbag. You okay. want to go empty it on the other side? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'll start untying it and then we'll just dump it out. You go get a phone. You just want a phone. Talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details. And all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense. Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. This episode of The Besties is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi 
And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, we're back. I've got the mailbag. I have poured it onto the floor. I'm getting thousands of paper cuts and blood everywhere. Oh, but no. I've got great questions. I picked some that are, I think, just for each of you. The first one, you'll never guess who this one's for. This one is from Ethan. Has Fortnite peaked? Russ mm. Russian. Didn't they just add Goku? Fucking Goku is in it now. So what a ridiculous question. They well, just that, added maybe that Goku. is peaking, right? Could, that might be peaking. That might that might prove your point, Griffin. I don't know. I, they, Where do you Goku go from Goku? It get, it peaks Vegeta? it peaks with Buckaroo Bonsai. Like once they have Buckaroo Bonsai, <laughs> truly there will be no. Once more they worlds to they conquer. find the audience of fifty years and older, uh, it'll really peak. Is what you're saying? I was watching. I mentioned last time watching a lot of um, John Carpenter movies. Mm. Let's fucking get Jack Burton from Big Trouble in Little China into into Fortnite. How great would that be? Get I mean, Kurt that's the there, thing is like there dialogue. doesn't seem to be any line that they won't cross from like a cross like they just added robocop recently like robocop hasn't had a movie i guess they did that that terrible reboot you gotta call him robert cop you guys aren't close robert i'm sorry i'm sorry robert cop they added robert cop i mean he hasn't had a well i guess they did that reboot which is bad but but generally speaking like this was the retro 80s robocop that they added so they are hitting both the like kids that like the various things that kids like and also people for the olds like us all kids love robocop it's intuitive and instinctual it's my kid's scared of robocop like kids love robocop your kid's scared of him yeah he's kind of a scary guy he's not real robot griffin robocop ain't real wait 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 wait. it's because you showed him the actual movie robocop (laughs) <laughs> and that was a little too violent for his taste. Little to that when Ed two and I like blast that board room. <laughs> Henry was losing it, man. He loved that. Somebody call an ambulance. Fortnite um, has a mini. I just want to say this has a mini Ed two o nine that you ride around like a little pet dog. You ride on his back. Fortnite, yeah, that's where you have to give Fortnite credit for always making the f- almost every single time. Fort makes the funnest possible choice with they almost do. no accountability towards anything like propriety, physics, anything. Fortnite just does the dumbest, funnest thing it can think of <laughs> at any given time. It's amazing. It's like dumping a big cube of action figures out and just be like, I don't know. And Spider Man gets a lightsaber. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's amazing. What a delight. Yeah. I don't think you can like say Fortnite peaked. It's only a thing you'll know after it's happened because it's like you know counting out touchdown Tom Brady or oh, or saying like you. Oh, you know is Zelda is Zelda done? You know can Zelda get any better? And then it, it always you know then you get Breath of the Wild and you're like oh, I guess it can. Yeah. Then it gets worse. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. No, I love Breath of the Wild. I'm just saying like 
Zelda does not, <laughs> Zelda as a franchise is not on an ever improving arc. That is true. It, uh, it's had uh, ebbs and flows. It, this is from uh, Rachel. If you could only recommend one video game to someone, what would it be? What a wild one. Fuck, oh, that's good. Yeah, well, actually, and Justin, do I know, no, I know nothing about the person, right? Yes, and 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 I, I will say because I I want you to have, have the room to get both these answers. Uh, Kate asked a similar question, but targeted it to you, Justin. With if I wanted to dip my toe into FMV world, what oh, game no. should I start with? So, Justin, if you have two answers, that's acceptable. Yeah, I would not recommend an like an FMV <laughs> game as much as I love them. Would not be the game that I would like recommend to all people um i got mine okay cheers i think because i think i said this when we were talking about this game a lot i think i would recommend curse of the Ober Den to anyone mm, really? i think that i don't know that it would it's not the most accessible game but it is the most like a, a, a rewarding and clever game that i think i've ever played and i think that that is universal in a way that that people would groove with and it's accessible in the sense that like you don't need like leap skills no. like you're just moving around a 3d space so yeah. it's like pretty simple that's a good pick i like that pick <sighs> um mine is just another golf game because i think golf games are kind of the perfect thing to recommend everybody knows how they work immediately and that's desert golfing I think oh I think well that's a good example of a golf game. I was gonna say some golf games get pretty complicated, but desert golfing has very little going yeah, on. You could hand it to anybody and they would lose a few hours, no matter who yeah. they are. I think that's fair. Uh, I would probably go with Journey, which is a game that I've talked about previously. But Journey, I think, encapsulates the spirit and magic of like AAA high entertainment games in a way that is like super approachable. There's no real, like there's like one button you have to worry about. There's no dialogue. It's just like, we're gonna walk you through this environment and you're gonna have an amazing like cinematic experience doing it. Uh, yeah, I could hand that game to anyone. They'd probably be pretty overjoyed. Um, I think I'd probably go with Minecraft. Oh, it's interesting. just like, it's satisfying yeah. on a basic level. But like, if you want to get, if you want to do other stuff, you can do other stuff. But it definitely like serves. I, I'm trying to keep my wife in mind because she's not a huge game player. Um, but even Minecraft was something where you could like turn it on together and just kind of like work on a, a little house or project or whatever. Um, I think I think and and I think the reach of Minecraft backs me up a little bit in terms of like broad appeal. But I think yeah, I you think they're Minecraft. they're doing okay? They're doing all right. Yeah, like Justin. If somebody did want to get into FMVs, what would what would your game be? Probably her story. I mean, I know that's mm. a little bit cliched, no, but good. like, I mean, her well, that story. One's good. Is... It's cheating because that's a good one. Like, it feels like <laughs> interesting. I feel like if you're trying to get somebody into FMVs, you should give them a more representative cross section of the genre. I mean, if you I, 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 honestly, like if I'm, if I'm answering this personally, and I think that Griffin will, will uh, pro probably ag agree with me on this. Um, I, I think that if I was trying to do like the best to get you excited about it, um, uh, I would probably go with um, her story. Sorry. I just like, just said it. Um, but like, if I, <laughs> I know it just said it a second ago. Um, but if I wanted to like 
give you like an actual representation of like what is good about these. It's got to be contradiction. I mean, like contradiction is my fa. It's probably my favorite FMV game. It's Griffin. You remember that fucking wild joint, right? Contradiction. Contradiction. When did it come out? It's no. Uh, we played it together. It. The guy asked all the. It's an FMV game. Uh by a music composer named Tim Fallen, who like you go person to person and you're you're asking them questions uh and it's all FMV um like uh, the the entire thing's FMV there's almost no inter- interface and you're like you can ask people about whatever so there's a lot of scenes of like well-meaning British actors trying to explain why they don't know about someone's bike. Remember the bike, Griffin? Yeah, like, okay, now I remember. Uh, what, what do you think about this bike? And he, he asked everyone a different way, like, this bike, what are we thinking about it? What do you think of this bike? And like, three, four, Very three people sh- are like, I, it's a energy. bike, I don't know, it's a bike. <laughs> it's so funny, I love, I love Contradiction. There's many like better ones, I guess, probably, but like you wanna talk about the one that delights me is everything I love about FMV, it's Contradiction. Uh, one more question, this one's from Graham. Have you tried your Steam Deck plugged into a monitor or TV? Can it effectively replace a gaming PC? Have any of you, have any of you tried that yet? The, the dock's not out yet, right? Yeah, the We're dock's not out, dock. so you have to do it no. with like a, you know, a third-party dock and or what is it but you know one of those things that lets you plug a whole bunch of different usb yeah like a usb hub yeah uh no i have not done that i have not either uh i feel like if you're using it to game on a monitor you would only be able to do it with like 2d pixely games because the second you're trying to run anything 3d it's probably going to have to run at like 720p to run well and that's not going to look great on like a big TV. Yeah, I, I've I've used it and it works fine in a pinch. And I say that even as a graphics snob. But but Fresh is right. You you will notice that it does not look great. That said, if like your sort like if your current experience is an original Xbox One and an original PlayStation Four, you could fuss with the settings and it probably would look pretty comparable. Um, but yeah, I, I personally think it looks much, 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 much better in handheld mode. And uh, yeah, I I don't think it's quite there yet. Um, I mean, I've basically found myself, I haven't hooked it up to a monitor, but I'll just use it in handheld and really like make a lot of use out of the cloud saving for when I want to like play on a, something on a big screen. I'll just like switch to my laptop. I realize not everyone has uh, another computer in the house that could play games, but that's been my go-to. Okay. Honorable mentions. Um, I went out for the first time on like an evening date with my wife since our child was born. It's been like a year and a couple months. Uh, and uh, that was very nice. We we had a, a nice night out. Uh, we went to Forest Hill Stadium and saw some live comedy with um, Bill Burr and uh, Keith Robinson performed. Uh and I don't know, man, getting out and like doing stuff makes a huge difference. Um, Forest Hill Stadium, for what it's worth, was the original stadium where the U.S. Open was held, the tennis U.S. Open. It's this like very cool throwback to like another era of like, I don't know, New York, where uh, it's just like this retro uh, venue that doesn't feel modern at all, but also has like, you know, modern amenities, food and stuff like that. 
Um, but it was just like a really nice thing. And it was good to see live comedy again. I haven't seen that in years face to face. So it was, it was just like a really delightful night out. Do yourself a favor. Leave the house. <laughs> That's my recommendation. Um, I still been playing Pokemon Go. Still pretty cool. We've been going to a lot of playgrounds uh, here in DC, and each one has a gym, and the gyms are filled with the children's idiot Pokemon. Here's my oh. Chansey. Hey, everybody, I'll put my Chansey up. They have a lot of health. Um, not when my Machamp gets in there and, and does them so fucking dirty. It's so satisfying <laughs> to just trounce little kids' Pokemons that you know that they put in there. Um, yeah, no, it's a cool game. There's this like, uh, there's always an event going, which I don't think I appreciated about Pokemon Go. There's always like some sort of uh, like themed thing going on. Like for the last week, it was this bug themed event where more bug Pokemon spawned and there were like quests about catching specific bug Pokemon and then like super powerful bug Pokemon spawned in all the raids and uh, we, we tore up the town. It was good, good time. Hoops, how about you? Uh, it's just the same stuff. Still playing that Point P. It's a really cute little mobile thing. Uh, between this and next week, uh, I've been I've been basically just those two games. <laughs> Did you week. realize you can't talk about something that we're going to be playing later? I mean, you can. You could say that we're playing it. Yeah, well, Saints Row is is that's next week's thing, and I've been playing a lot of that because I it's a big thing. Yeah. Uh, I've been playing Gigabash, which is like Power Stone meets Kaiju Battles in cities, Destructible Cities. Griffin, we should try to make some time to play it. I feel like I should love this game, and I'm like pretty mixed on it, but tons of people love it. Tons of people keep recommending it to me because they understand, yes, this is a very Chris Plant game. I find the single player uh, pretty frustrating. And I'm wondering if, like, hey, that's just some balancing issues. And if I got into more multiplayer, I would really, really click with it. So I'm going to keep picking at it. I wanted to share it just because I think there are a lot of people out there. And by a lot, I mean, like, five to six who are looking for that Power Stone fill in their life. And this is close. It's 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 really charming. I just I like the name. Maybe some balancing issues. Griffin, if you got into. I was going to ask you guys if Griffin or Plant, either of you guys played. Or 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 Freshtech, I guess, played Roller Drome. I was going to ask about that. Roll it, 7 thing? It's not out yet. I think it com- comes out like today or tomorrow okay. when we're recording. Um, looks fun. But great. I haven't played it, but I hear it's excellent. Yeah, it looks superb. No, I love it. Uh, no, I love Roll 7. It's a 3D, no. 3D uh, rollerblading game where you are uh, shooting people. And you okay. have to do tricks to reload your weapons. It, it kind of has like a okay. 1970s uh, sci-fi action movie aesthetic. Fuck yes. Oh, man, yeah. I'm looking at a trailer now. This looks hot as hell. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it looks gorgeous. Got great reviews. Uh, and it's kind of crazy because Roll7 just, you know, a just few months ago. Just Holly World, right? Holly yeah. World, which is also really well received. They're having quite the year. They are such a good developer. Like, they make way different shit and it's almost always like super duper fun do you guys remember that, not a hero i don't know their other stuff beyond the ali ali franchise so they had a game called not a hero which was like oh. this run based like uh john woo style action game that was like 2d pixel art 
And you just had to like chart a course through these buildings, like jumping and sliding and shooting and and like it was very slick and run based, uh, just just like uh, just like Ollie Ollie World was. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it was a, it was a good as hell game. Want to thank the following people for writing reviews for the besties on Apple Podcasts. We have X E X Z D. <laughs> I guess is how you... Holy shit. E-X-Z-I-S-D. I I don't know how to pronounce that. You pull these names, right? (laughs) Yeah. I guess I should have written phonetically. Just look for names. (laughs) Just find the names. That's true. Uh, Might be uh, Pag Kahari and Barkle. Thank you for writing reviews for the besties. Thank you to everyone else for reviews for the besties and has shared the show on Twitter or various other places. Um... Uh, really appreciate it. It makes a big difference for us, I know. Here are the games we talked about this week. Cursed to Golf, Minecraft, Journey, Return of the Oprah Den, Desert Golfing, Her Story, Contradiction, Pokemon Go, The Very Idea of Going Outside, Pointy, <laughs> Gigabash, and Roller Dome. And next week, we're talking about Saints Row, not Saints Row 1 from, you know, 2013, Saints Row 2022. It's a reboot. It is, I would say, more tasteful. But you know, we'll still, still we'll a little, we'll still a little, still a little like, ooh, yeah, a little spicy. We will talk about that and whatever super old tennis place uh, Fresh Dick went to, and so much more <laughs> <laughs> next week on the Besties. Because should the world's best friends pick the world's best games? Steve.